Next on BYU Sports Nation, the 2017 BYU football schedule is unofficially out. That means it's time for your way too early hot takes. Plus, President Coach Cleveland in Studio B to talk BYU hoops and what the Cougars can do to correct their shooting slump. Plus, David Nixon on the Cowboys and his best ball swag. Yeehaw! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Tuesday, December 6th. Jerem Jordan alongside... Jason Shepard, who is the biggest Transformers fan you've ever met. You know, just for the record, only one of us has an Autobot logo on our vehicle. It's true. <laughs> but, you know, here's the... <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Not to pinpoint which one's Jerem's car in the parking lot. <laughs> it's pretty easy to spot now. <laughs> but... My tires are going to be slashed. My car is going to be keyed now. What happened? You did see the... Uh, I don't know. what's What's been going on the last couple of days? We've had, like, trailer after trailer come out for uh, upcoming movies. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It really is. But the, uh, the latest Transformers trailer... What is it? The Last Night? The Last Night. Sam the Cube. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. It, it sounds dumb to even have these words come out of my mouth. Okay. But Transformers, the the movie series, mm-hmm. it's really gone downhill since Shia LaBeouf left. <laughs> Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was in the first three. The third one, eh. Yeah. But, you know, I like me some Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. but I, it's very forgettable, the last one. Yeah. And now this one, I yeah, I yeah. Don't. They the first I'll one probably was, see it, but that's just because was, I have a problem. <laughs> yes, you do. The first <laughs> one was good. The others haven't been that good. But I I just love it. I grew up watching the cartoon. I just love it. I I treat it like some of my uh, aunts and uncles. Like I I I love them. You know, I I love them. They might not be the most entertaining people sometimes. Oh. But, but I love hanging out with them. You may have you saved I mean? that one because that could have been an awkward. I know. Family I was because Christmas parties are coming up. You may have made things even more awkward. I said aunts and uncles. I, yeah, I'm not hanging out with any aunts and uncles. Oh. During the, it's just... No, you, just, you draw the line at like immediate family only? Well, I won't be, I won't be in the same state. Okay, well then several, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a problem. Yeah. Speaking of problem. No, just kidding. There's no problem. It's the BYU Sports Nation headlines. There's no problems. Everything's great. BYU football will practice Thursday for the first time since Utah State in preparation for Wyoming in the bowl game. David Nixon will join us later to tell us how much he doesn't like the matchup. <laughs> yeah, he felt pretty strongly about that, didn't he? Yes, he did. So we'll see how he feels about it now that now, it now actually that it's, yeah, came to fruition. Now that it's actually what's going to happen. <laughs> we have a double dose of BYU hoops tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Sweet. Radio. Following BYU Sports Nation tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, the BYU women will host Weber State. Then at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, the men will return to the Marriott's Center as they host the Weber State Wildcats. Now, both games will be on BYU TV and BYU Radio. President Coach Cleveland will uh, break down Cougar Hoops coming up in just a few minutes. Awesome. Two games against Weber State tomorrow. Hang out with us on BYU TV all day, baby. The 13th-seeded women's volleyball team takes on 4th-seeded Texas in Austin Friday in a Sweet 16 match. It's at 4 Eastern on ESPN, so a little early, but 4 Eastern in uh, Tejas coming up Friday for the ladies. Yeah, hoping that uh, that BYU's success over uh, the University of Texas continues. And I know BYU wanted that matchup with Texas. 
before the bracket came out. So here we are. I think they feel pretty good about that matchup. I'm actually heading to practice a little bit later on this afternoon, so I'll uh, I'll talk to them about the matchup with the uh, with the Longhorns and uh, BYU's triple double king Kyle Collinsworth scored 12 points. And listen to this: shot 60 percent last night in a Texans legend win in the NBA's D League. Collinsworth also had seven rebounds and dished out three assists. Hey, he's putting in work in Texas. Maybe he'll be at the game Friday. Who knows? With that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Way too early, 2017 hot takes. Yesterday, BYU announced Hit the po- it. No. Come on. No. Countdown to the Vikings. 263. Yes. It's two days in a row. It's happening. It is happening. As uh, my good friend... <laughs> At 86WIKook said, and this is in all caps, so I'm going to read it as it was written. Can we at least get through spring ball before we start hearing countdown to Portland State? I can answer that in one word. Nope. 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 We're doing it. It's two days in a row now. You can't start a countdown. We're doing it. And then stop a countdown. You don't stop mid-countdown. When is Spencer coming back? (laughs) (laughs) The last two days, you come in here. And totally didn't redeem yourself. And here we are. Fine. We're not. No. No. We voted on this in November. I think it was vetoed. It was vetoed. Some political mumbo jumbo. Okay. Back to what I was saying before I was rudely interrupted. Jeez. 263. Get out of here. (laughs) The BYU-Portland State game was announced yesterday. Yes. This means the unofficial... 2017 schedules out. It looks like we know all the opponents. Days can change. Times and TV will be announced later. But it looks like we know the opponents, right? The 13 games. Portland State added to August 26th a 13th game on the regular season schedule because BYU plays at Hawaii. The NCAA grants you the opportunity to have a 13th game if you want. BYU now has a sixth home game. And they open the season against the Ragnar Lothbrooks Portland State Vikings on August 26th, before they play LSU. We talked about this yesterday. We love this. So today, we're going to discuss uh, some way too early hot takes. The 2016 season isn't even over. We're going to tell you how many wins we think BYU gets in the 2017 schedule. My number of the 13 games is nine. I think BYU will win nine games in my way too early projection looking at that schedule. What do you think? Now, now, just to clarify, this is just through... The 13 games, correct? Yes, this not is including th- a bowl not game. Not including a bowl. Which we don't know the yes. bowl game for next year, by the way. Yes. Yet. We don't know that yet. We do not. So right now, and I feel I'm being conservative with this. This is a conservative place. I'm going to say it is very much a conservative place. I'm going to say nine wins, but it would not take a lot to twist my arm for me to say ten. I got some goggles for you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, nine, nine wins, I think, is... Very possible, and I, I think that BYU could very easily get to 10 wins and be 10-3 and three in the regular season. Now, the schedule's fun because you have the warm-up game, FCS opponent, Portland State. We'll see what channel that's on. Normally, that's been BYU TV for the FCS game, but because it's the first game, there might be a little added excitement, hardly any games going up against it. That, we'll see what uh, channel that ends up on. Could be an, an ESPN. We'll see. LSU neutral site. 
Leonard Fournette did graduate, but the uh, dude that's played for him while he's injured, <laughs> he's like a 1,500-yard rusher or something. Yeah. yeah, he averages like six It sounds great that he's not going to be yeah, there. and then yeah. Ed Orgeron's going to have those guys ready. Okay, That's going to be a fun game, though. Kind of reminds me of Oklahoma, 09. I, I like not have a bunch of seniors ready to go in that, per se, offensively. But we'll see how that plays out. I, I like the challenge. And, and, with, and with that game on the schedule, that's why having the, the quote-unquote warm-up game against yes. Portland State was yes. so big. Yes. And, and not, not that Portland State is, you know, is necessarily or, or any FCS team is ultimately going to prepare you to take on an SEC, SEC team like LSU. But to be able to have one game under your belt. Yes. That, that, I think that's huge. For Tanner Mangum, for Squally Canada, for any newcomers, for the offensive line, for the defense, it, it'll be great. LSU neutral. Utah at home in week three. Oh, Utah at home. That's going to be great. Wisconsin at home the next week. Finally getting some of these teams that you've got the, uh, the two and ones. You're finally getting some of those to come back. Yes. And the Badgers are a top 10 team, man. Top 10. By week after that. Oh, the bye week after that is so much better than it was this year. This year it was like, geez, we're through eight and we have this easier November slate. This year it's going to be Portland State, LSU, Utah, Wisconsin break. And then you still have some important games at Utah State on a Friday night. Boise State at home at Mississippi State. The first seven remind me of the first eight this year where it's like there's hardly any. Portland State and Utah State should be two wins there. The rest of those games are tough. So where do you think then after seven games this year, where do you think BYU stands? Excuse me, this upcoming season. Where do you think BYU stands after seven games? I, th- I think that uh, three wins is probably a realistic idea. I would like four there. Five is, if you get five, now you're top 20, right? Uh, I would like three of the first seven. I, I think BYU. Portland State, Utah State, and then it'd be nice to get Utah and or Boise State at home. Wisconsin's going to be tough at home. LSU neutral, although that's, what, five hours away from from uh, Baton Rouge? Yes. And, like but that. LSU's going to travel. They're going to travel yeah. regardless. It would be great to compete in that game and just see what happens in the fourth quarter. Look, I would love that. I, I, I think BYU starts out four and three. I, I obviously you're gonna you're gonna beat Portland State. I really believe you're gonna beat Utah this year at home. I, I think this it is needs to happen. It, this is finally the year where that that streak is going to be snapped. But I, I have them at at four and three, and the potential losses I see would be LSU, Wisconsin, and then at Mississippi State. At Mississippi State, sneaky, right? Texas that, that, A&M this, this, went yeah. in there and. And lost, and that was the well. Big and, you, and you saw the way that the game was played here. Yes. Now you're going to SEC country, playing on the road. I, I'm BYU's just going to have to have a fever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Going so, into that game. so those are the three that I look at as as the three losses would be LSU, Wisconsin, and you know who knows? Maybe maybe you can pull off one of those and and completely change the dynamic. But, yes, but I, I think out of the first seven. Four and three is very realistic. And who's going to be the Michigan State? Who's going to be the team we think's really good but just stinks? And who's going to be the team that's way better than we thought this year? You know what I mean? Like, that happens. We think LSU's going to be really good. I bet you LSU's preseason top 20, right? Utah should be ranked. Wisconsin should be ranked. So three of the first four ranked. Boise State probably ranked when BYU plays them. So that, that'll be tough. So after the seven, games 8 through 13, this is the Mountain West portion of this, okay? <laughs> four of these six are Mountain West. At East Carolina, that's a long trip. San Jose State at home. At Fresno State, at UNLV, Cougar Stadium South, as Brian Keel once called it, UMass at home, and then at Hawaii, which is a pseudo kind of bowl game feel to end the season. Now, the, now the interesting thing is 
The last time BYU played 13 regular season games, they finished at Hawaii, and it actually turned out pretty good, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last season BYU played 13 regular season games, the Cougars went 12-1. and It was 2001. Now, that was a different kind of year. You had the Doak Walker Award winner. You had an NFL draft pick quarterback. You didn't have much of a defense. You want, you want, <laughs> but BYU led the country in uh, scoring. You want to know some other similarities from that? Not only the Hawaii, you also played Mississippi State and Utah in that schedule. That's right. So there you go. Well, how about that? So, maybe, so what are we saying? BYU is going 12 and 1? That's what, what we're saying. Will repeat nine? Who needs nine? 12. <laughs> 12 and 1. Realistic. Come okay. on now. Okay, why, why should uh, BYU fans be excited about this particular schedule, in your opinion? The, the phrase that kept coming to mind when thinking about this schedule was this is kind of like a payoff schedule for the fans. Because look at the home schedule. You've got Utah. You've got mm. Wisconsin. You've got the Badgers coming to Provo. Awesome. And you've got Boise State. You've got some really good home games, this, and, and, and they're all early. The home games are early. I mean, you know, you've got certain fans that don't necessarily want to go to a home game in late November when the temperature's in the 20s and 30s. One November home There's game. There's one November home game. I, I think for, from, from a fan perspective, you got to love this. Because you have it. really good teams coming into Provo, and the back half of your schedule are, are all winnable games, and they're, you know, they're on the road. So I in in a lot of ways this it's just kind of last this well last year we're still in this year where it's like this <laughs> That's year why we shouldn't do the countdown because you <laughs> no, don't no, even no, know no, what no, year no, we're no. in you but don't even know it's like flip flopped yeah so I, I I like it for the fans and I think fans are going to really get excited about what they see especially here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium I see four tier one games power fives quality power fives and some home games right LSU Utah Wisconsin Boise State tier one games to me for BYU. You can call Boise State maybe Tier 2 in college football. At Mississippi State, Boise State then. So three Tier 1 games, two Tier 2 games. Awesome. And then a a bunch of Tier uh, 3 and 4s, if you will, after that. I like it a lot. You have five quality games, like really good games on the schedule, and three of them are at home. It's fantastic. Well, we talked about what we thought after seven games, and I had BYU at four and three. So that's right. That takes, us, that. that takes us to the, the game at Mississippi State. But then when you look at the rest of it, as you mentioned earlier, at East Carolina, San Jose State, at Fresno State, at UNLV, UMass, and at Hawaii, I, the, the only game to go six and there. The only game that I look at and say maybe it's a toss-up is at East Carolina. Just because of distance? Yeah, well, yeah, you take distance, one, and one East Carolina is a good team. One or two of those games will be closer than you want. Like, th- that happens. Remember at San Jose State two years ago, 2014? Yeah. That was a one-point game. You stopped the two-point conversion. It happens. It happens, but it's nice. And Portland State is a nice addition. I like 13 games. I like six home games. We had to get a, a sixth home game on there, so fantastic. Our Twitter question today, what are your way-too-early projections? For the 2017 BYU football season, weigh in. David Nixon will weigh in, coming up as well, at BYU Fan 1995. I predict at least 10 wins, but my blue goggles are telling me undefeated. Hashtag way too early. <laughs> the, blue go- the blue goggles start after the 10. Blue goggle alert. Blue goggle alert. <laughs> I love it, though. BYU's got a chance to do something special on this because they have home games early. They have three of the first four at home. How, you remember this September? One and three? Like I said, it's it's reversed from this this season. Great home games early. Love it. Didn't Kevin Garnett say it? Anything is possible!
Coming up, more of your tweets. David Nixon on his favorable matchup ever. But first, President Coach Cleveland has been called to serve up some analysis. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Men's basketball returning to the Marriott Center. They'll be hosting Weber State tomorrow night. You can check it out on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Twitter question today, what are your way too early projections for the 2017 (coughs) BYU football season? It's fun. It's December 6th. At Passer Ron B, we are going to be P5 good. 13-1. Ooh, thirteen and one is is uh, you're looking at. A so is that maybe win every game in the regular season and then lose the bowl game, or is it lose one in the regular? Yeah, we need that passer Ron B to uh, weigh in. I guess again, I'm kind of curious up. if you're going to go that. If you're going to be that good, P five good as he likes to say, <laughs> I want to know what the one is. Oh, fantasy bill. <laughs> now joining us, Steve Cleveland in studio to talk about BYU hoops. Cougars fresh off of a uh, lost USC, but a. Uh, comeback game with Weber State coming up uh, tomorrow night. Coach, welcome back to Studio B. Thank you. You know, I walked in today, I was a little bit concerned. Why? When I didn't see Spence here. He's kind of the calming influence of the show. Well, we <laughs> the don't need to calm. The two of you together is a little <laughs> bit dangerous. 2017 football, we're too excited. The season's not even over. Hey, we're yeah. starting the countdown, and this season isn't even over yet. Yeah, come on. Come on. On missions, you don't want to count down with your missionaries, right? You're like, just no. focus on the work. How long have you been out? Uh, don't ask. <laughs> right? <laughs> they always know. <laughs> <laughs> they always know. They Eight always months. know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about USC before we push forward. What was your biggest takeaway from that game, BYU against USA? The first thing that came to my mind was that a team that went one for 17 could end up having a, you know, a halftime lead. Uh, I think the thing that the explosiveness, the athleticism, the length, the pace of the game, uh, I think it surprised BYU. And I think the thing that would surprise BYU the most was the fact that they could play 10 or 12 minutes in a 2-3 zone and actually come back, take a lead, and kind of dominate the game. I think the biggest takeaway is we didn't take care of the ball. BYU did not take care of the ball. Those 16 turnovers led to 19 direct points. I mean, the guard-to-guard pass with LJ and whoever else was there, those led to direct line dunks. And that gave them their confidence, and all of a sudden they start knocking threes down. And BYU was just – they got caught up in the moment. They were, they were just in a hurry. I think, I think it was John Wooden who said, be quick, but don't hurry. And it seemed like every player was just in a hurry and out of sorts. And uh, finally – in the end of that game, I think maybe with nine or ten minutes to go, Coach Rose goes four out, one in, plays four guards with Mika, and they got a little momentum, and things started going their way offensively because they could get to the rim. And so it's, it's a game that I think the coaching staff talking to them feels like we let one get away. And, and even though at times USC was so dominant – but I think BYU had an opportunity to win that basketball game, but they kind of lost their composure. As a coach, take us through going through a substitution pattern. Like that, that second half that we saw against USC, what do you think Coach Rose was trying to do there? There's two, th- there's two factors here. The first factor is this. When you play two bigs inside, you immediately take away penetration lanes. They're not shooting the ball very well from the three. Mika, all of the bigs were scoring inside. So you stay with that, but all of a sudden you get behind. How do we change the pace of this game? T.J. Haas and Nick Emery didn't score in the first half. T.J. 
ends up having 16 points. How did he score his points? When they put four guards, they opened the floor, and he was able to penetrate and attack the right side. And if there was help, he could dish out. But they didn't. He got it right to the rim. Mm-hmm. Because when they did this, they were both teams were in foul trouble. So people were a little more hesitant to foul. And, and the lead was double digits at and, that point. And it was double digits. Mm-hmm. And, but they got to the rim when the floor opened up. I'm not suggesting that's how they're going to play. But that, I think, was the mentality of the coaching staff. Let's open the floor up. Let's, we're not making shots from the outside. Mika's going to get his, but he can't get them all. Let's get Nick and TJ involved in the game. And that's what happened. Yeah, I thought Dave Rose was just trying to mix it up to mix it up. Uh, just, he played three forwards. Uh, he only had two shooters on the floor for the first time in recorded history, I think. Uh, yeah, and, and Zach Frampton was in the game late. He was, he was trying to give BYU every opportunity to, to get back in that game. What, BYU's lost three or four, but what do you see them doing well right now that maybe they could lean on a little bit here? I think coming into that game, uh, they, the win at Utah State really <laughs> allowed them to breathe. And I'm and probably talking more about the coaching staff than I am the players, okay? But it's like one of those, okay, we can breathe a little bit, and and they kind of restored their confidence. I think that I think that the inside out is still really good. I think the challenge for BYU is how the guards adapt and learn how to play within that system and score in that system. And so I think they love what they're doing offensively. They don't love the fact that they're not shooting the three ball well, but I think it's a matter of getting used to it still. I, we see a lot of youth and inexperience on the floor at times. And, but I think through it all, I think the players probably are a little bit fragile, but, the, but they're, they're a believing group. <laughs> They've all had so much success in life that I think the one thing you can hang your hat on with this team is they, they're, they're going to be together. So what is the remedy for – the perimeter shooting, specifically from the guards, because right now you've got the guards at 34% field goal percentage, 29% from three, and no guards shooting 40% or better. So what, how do you change that? What's the remedy to, to get that going? Well, I think that you've got one experienced guard here that's actually played at this level, and that's Nick Emery. And I think the adjustment for Nick is that Nick is, is a free spirit offense. He's at his best when he's off the dribble. He can pull up and shoot it. All right. And when we play more inside out, sometimes there's questions, what's a good shot and what's not. And I'm, I'm confident that the coaching staff has established what a good shot is and what isn't. So for Nick, it is a little bit surprising. I think he's taken out upon himself a more of a leadership role. Uh, I think expectations, we talked about this last week. I think those things, uh, we, we just struggle sometimes when we feel like there are expectations, our own personal expectations, we're not meeting them. And it, you see the evidence of it when we get a little bit hesitant, a little bit hesitant when we're shooting the ball. With the other guards, they're all new. And, and you look at TJ, he's, he's an outstanding player. He's a penetrator first right now. He's, we, he showed that against USC. He's in a hurry on the floor. I'm just going to tell you that right now. And, and, and the coaches know that. He needs to settle down. He needs to breathe. He needs to lay, get, let the game. Too many times does he have the ball up in the air, making decisions up in the air. That is the worst time to make decisions, whether you pass, whether you shoot, or whatever you're going to do. LJ got, surprisingly, even LJ in that USC game, kind of lost his composure. Four or five, like I said, guard-to-guard passes that went for direct layups. The pressure of Kobe Bryant's court uh, was a lot for those guys to handle, you know, playing in that game. Not all threes are created equal, okay? We see the, the percentage, but 
you talked the last couple of weeks about, okay, don't fall in love with the three. It's good to learn to live without it and whatnot. Describe to us the kind of threes BYU is getting and maybe where, how they should get uh, better looks from three. I think the best three that they can get was demonstrated uh, with LJ the other night where they go inside, they convert, they double. Utah now, State yeah, yeah, in the corner with yeah, LJ Rose? Wide open. Now, USC didn't monster the post. Meaning double. Meaning Mika doubling a post. Mika goes for 29. All right? That's what happens when they don't double the post. He, and he's going to get doubled against Weaver State, by the way. I'm, I'm absolutely confident of that. Undersized Make BYU shoot a three. <laughs> and, and make them shoot the threes at home. I think this is a game where there are going to be some wide-open threes. I think that's the best way to get threes out of an inside-out attack. I wouldn't say this for everybody, but for Nick Emery, off the dribble, in transition, his feet are squared, shoot it. Don't think about it, shoot it, because that's what he really does well. And he's really crafty around the basket, but that's what he does well. Hmm. With T.J. Hawes, I, I, I would say let's, let's get it coming inside-out. Let's get it one more pass, feet squared, let's shoot it. That's how you regain your confidence. Taking shots off the dribble for these younger freshmen is not the way to get their confidence. You mentioned uh, Eric Miko, 29 points, 9 rebounds, and, and watching that game, it, it was interesting. I, I kinda, it, since we're talking about the way-too-early expectations for the football and, and looking ahead to that, <laughs> watching him play on an NBA court, I just kept thinking, he's going to play in the NBA one day. Why... What about his game has impressed you the most and projecting to the NBA? Where do you think his NBA skill or skills are right now? The thing that I've liked the most, when you look at a lot of 6'9", 6'8", to 6'10", players, they're playing on the perimeter at at that level. I love the fact that Mika can run the floor. He's got a motor that does not stop. And now the coaching staff has put him in situations just because of the double teams and so forth. He, he's in a situation where he can get it at the block, he can get it at the mid post, and now they're isolating him up at the elbow, up at the free throw line extended for jumpers as well as penetration. So his offensive package is becoming much more diverse to adjust to defenses, and it's, it's going to develop his game and prepare him to play at the next level. His next level thing... I wouldn't say right now, but he's going to have to eventually knock that, be able to knock that 18 to 19 footer down. And he'll have opportunities uh, potentially even this season to kind of flex out there. Let's talk big picture. You're not a coach anymore. You don't have to take one game at a time. We can look at the whole season, kind of the context. We, uh, we love to talk about the tourney train and is BYU going to make the NCAA tournament or whatnot. I look at this Colorado game Saturday, and I, I called it a 99% must win for BYU's non-con Resume. How important is this Colorado game coming up Saturday? It's really important. Um, I think that, you know, the Princeton game was an important game. They're 2-3 and three right now, all right? I, I don't know if they're going to win their conference. It, it seemed at the time that that would be a really good – and it was a good win. That's a hard team to play against. But I think Colorado is a team that they've got, a, they've got them at home especially. And, and under those circumstances, in order for them to develop that resume, which puts them – which people start talking about BYU right now – a win against Colorado really helped their cause. Then you have Illinois the next Saturday. That'd be a game that would be nice to add. And then you're kind of done with non So if you look at BYU's non-conference resume right now, it's pretty thin. So BYU needs that Colorado game. They probably need to get the Illinois game. And then out of the four regular season games against St. Mary's and Gonzaga, you think you need to get at least two? Two. At least two? At least two. two. At least two. <laughs> right now... I think that that's they making can, me sweat thinking about that. Be, and, and, and I will say this: well, I've watched Gonzaga now three or four times. 
Yeah, they're really good. Like Final I'm, Four good. They, they are so athletic. They defend. They don't beat themselves. They don't take bad shots. Yes, Pernoski inside is a load and everything, and people wonder, can he run the floor and keep up with people? Well, you know what? They have people to replace him when he gets tired. And I'm just – last year at this time when their guard play at Gonzaga was really weak and questionable, this year Perkins has been really special. Uh, they, they are a load. I think the difference between them – you know, they have the athleticism that a USC has, whereas St. Mary's is more like Valpo. Yes. You know, very structured, can shoot it smart, pass the ball, make the extra pass. Uh, they're a challenge in their own way as well. So BYU needs to beat them. And now, the interesting thing is we know BYU's beat them, Gonzaga twice on the road. Yeah, and all they do is win in Spokane. What in the world? <laughs> and, uh, which is amazing. But uh, those are the, the games that are going to help them get into the tournament. They've got to win two of those four. Well, in, in playing off of that, I mean, when you look at this conference as a whole, knowing how good Gonzaga is and how good St. Mary's is, is, is the conference good enough that if you get a couple of those wins over those top two teams with other wins in the conference that you can overcome maybe some of the struggles in the non-conference? Well, I think, I think too, is this. Let, let's go back to the, to the good wins. What BYU can't have is a loss at Portland. They can't have a loss to UOP at home. Do you they, think they can have a single one of those? No. And I, they typically well, had... I, I, may, maybe one somewhere. They, because what we yeah. don't know is you have four brand-new coaches. We don't know how good LMA is. Yeah. We do not know how good UOP is going to be. We do not know Portland because they have different systems. Even the coaching staff has right now is beginning to watch film and going, hey, they play a lot of, they're playing a lot different right now. So there's a lot of unknowns with four new coaches. But I, they, I think they would have to be really careful. They can't lose any games at home to any of those teams. And then on the road, you know, I think if you lost a game, I, that's understandable. This is, but they, they need to beat St. Mary's and Gonzaga to really make – because they're both going to be somewhere in the top 15 probably in the country when yeah. they play them. I think the pressure's on for this team. And the concern, uh, I guess, early, and it's through eight games, right, uh, barely over a quarter of the regular season – is that, that this youth, we're seeing some of the growing pains. Last week, you, you warned people. You said, hey, let's, can we take down the Final Four, stop waving the Final Four banners? You made a lot of people cry, Steve, when you said that. But <laughs> <laughs> This team's young. They're growing. I, I think we're seeing maybe the lowest it could get uh, in like the two or three years of this, of this set. I, I don't know what you think about this well, period right now. L- let me say this. I, I think players press sometimes. Because of their own personal expectations, not because somebody on the radio or the TV thinks they should be doing something. They just believe in themselves. I believe that's where the hearts of this team are. They, they know that they're better than they are, and they start pressing a little bit. We do that. We all do that when things aren't going well. But the expectations of, of, of this team that we've already kind of documented is it, they are inexperienced. I don't even want to use the word young. Inexperience is what I would say. Because they're actually older. Yeah, because they, they're not really young. They're all 20, 21, 22 years young old. Young games but, played. But game experience, they're very young. And you saw that against USC, where, where the pace and the frantic style of USC was overwhelming at times. And they got in a hurry. And then what happens? In the second half, they settle down, they relax, and they start scoring, and they, and they get their wits about themselves. But it, it was certainly something that you're going to see. This team hasn't even gone on the road and played on someone else's court where you've got, well, in this league, 500 fans <laughs> yelling and screaming. <laughs> but if, if you're at Gonzaga or St. Mary's, you know, you, you, those are different environments than playing in a neutral site. And I'll tell you this, the depth perception of playing in NBA arenas 
is never easy. So let's not judge this team on how they shoot in an NBA arena. Because and they played that, in two. Make it, it three played, next week, Make it too. three next week. So it, 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 it's adjusting. The Marriott Center is huge, but the people are right on top of you. Yeah. And those NBA arenas, they're empty, number one. Okay, there's very few people there. And the depth perception for shooting. That's why I believe... I, I would love to shoot in the WCC gyms because it'd be just like high school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, the, everything's tight, close. The rim seems right. But you get into big arenas. Sometimes for younger, inexperienced players, they struggle shooting there. Nick Emery's not one of those. I, I am absolutely confident that Wednesday night, Nick Emery will have open looks and knock him down in this gym. I hit my first three in my rec league game at Provo High last night. So yeah, I can. <laughs> Which is uh, completely I can sympath- the same. I can sympathize with this plight. Uh, President Coach Cleveland, we appreciate the wisdom. The Mr. Rogers of BYU Sports Nation. You look good go. with that sweater. I got a couple That's sweaters good. here. That's <laughs> good, man. It's sweater weather now. Thanks, yes, Coach. Hey, our Twitter question. What's your way too early projections for the BYU 2017 football season? Coming up, David Nixon will weigh in on that. Plus, why does he love the matchup with Wyoming? And why does he love it so much he's thinking about becoming a cowboy? He's got a fresh haircut. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Tune in to After Further Review tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan will look back all the way to 1980. The Holiday Bowl between BYU and SMU. That's After Further Review. AFR tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. As I recall, that game was pretty good. It's decent. It was a decent game. I can't exactly remember, though. I think it was all right. I would say stay till the end. I think the finish... Hey, spoiler-free environment, man. I know it was 36 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football will practice Thursday for the first time since Utah State in preparation for Wyoming in the bowl game. Mm, I know somebody who's excited about that one. Uh, We have a double (laughs) dose of BYU hoops tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Following BYU Sports Nation tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, the BYU women will host Weber State. Then at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, the men will take on Weber State at the Marriott Center. Both games will be on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It's a catfight, and the 13th-seeded women's volleyball team takes on 4th-seeded Texas in Austin. Can Taysom Hill travel to that one, please? On Friday, in a Sweet 16 matchup at 4 Eastern on ESPNU. And Kyle Collinsworth scored 12 points on 60% shooting last night as his D-League Texas Legends won their game. Collinsworth also grabbed seven rebounds and dished out three assists. We welcome David Nixon in studio. Uh, huge fan of the Wyoming Cowboys. We'll get to that in a moment. But David, welcome back to uh, BYU Sports Nation. Hey, man. always feels great to be here in studio. Absolutely. Uh, we've been talking about our way too early projections. The 2016 season isn't even over. We don't care. Uh, so we're talking about our projections for the 2017 BYU football season. What do you think of that schedule? What's your way too early projection? The fact that you're devoting time to this is just mind-boggling. That <laughs> it we're shows looking. every day. We have, we have all of January through August to discuss this later down the road. And but now we have you, December. If you want to address it now, let's go with it. Uh, you know what? I Look at the schedule. <laughs> I'm pretty optimistic. I mean, obviously, BYU fan base is known to be almost overly optimistic, um, but I'm jumping Wait, on that. What? I'm, I'm jumping I, on I, that, I, that bandwagon. What, what, was the, what was that? Yeah, like, and with that, uh, BYU, I think, goes 10-3 and three next year. Boom. Yeah. Throw the blue goggles or without? Uh, because the blue goggles, you can go 13-0, and 0, man. No, 10-3 and three with the blue goggles. With the blue yeah, goggles. Yeah, it's a yeah. conservative 10-3. and three. Okay. What I, do you – 
What do you think about the, playing the, the, the quote-unquote tune-up game before LSU, having, having Portland State start the year off? I love it. I mean, it's one of those games where you work out your kinks. Um, you know, Tanner Mangan will be starting. You're going to have a defensively – you lose Kai Nakua, Harvey Longy. You lose some big-time playmakers. And so to be able to have some other guys step in and have a game-like situation. And, and, and Portland State's a formidable opponent. I mean, this is no slouch of, of a team. Um, and so you, we see most programs do this. Utah did it with SU this year, right? Uh, most teams get a warm-up. BYU, because independence – they have, they have been mm-hmm. a, unable to do it. I also or they get it, them in November. They get them later down the road, right? I love it because it's a home game. Um, you know, BYU hasn't opened with the home game since 2012. And so this is a great chance that, mm. that BYU gets to, you know, the fans get to come and rally around the guys, support them on the first game, and almost send them off to Houston the next week against LSU. You opened up with an FCS opponent your senior year in Northern Iowa. I believe that's the only other time BYU's opened up with an FCS opponent. So how did, how did that help you guys that season? Yeah, like I said, it's just great to tweak. It's, it's great to get in there and, and be like in a game-like situation. Um, and you're not playing against the best talent in the world. Um, so it gives you time to kind of prepare, get used to the game speed. And more than anything, it, it preserves you from getting injured, usually. I mean, usually these games, you're not, because you're not going against the best mm-hmm. guys in the country, um, you're not having guys dinged up. And we saw it this year, guys were starting to drop like flies through week one, two, three. Um, and so it's tough to kind of maintain the momentum. But if you can go out there and, and, and accomplish everything you need to accomplish, go out there and play a great um, game and, and, and execute perfectly, then it allows you to kind of be tuned up and ready to go for uh, the next week in LSU. You know, one of the things that I liked about it was not only do you get a lot of home games early, and so you're only going out of on a road once in November, and, you know, fans don't necessarily want to, you know, go in when it's 20 degrees to a, you know, three or four home games late in the season, but you get Utah at home, you get Boise State at home, you have Wisconsin coming here. I, I love this schedule especially for the home yeah it's stacking up pretty awesome i mean if you're if you're a senior coming into this in this next year you're loving this home schedule i mean you've got utah and wisconsin both back to back here at home um and so that's what portland state allows you to kind of get a win underneath your belt uh, then you had to play in a very tough LSU team with the new head coach. I mean, he's been there for half the season, uh, but he's going to have new coordinators, so it's almost like a new team. Um, and, uh, and, then, and then you come home and you play Utah and Wisconsin, and hopefully by then you've worked out your own kinks and, and you've got everything rolling and you're kind of a well-oiled machine at that point uh, to be able to play well at home. And that's always the key. You've got to win at home. You've got to go undefeated at home. Uh, if you can do that, then you're bowl eligible usually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's always the goal is can you win at home and then obviously go on the road and pick up some big, valuable wins as well. David Nixon is on BYU Sports Nation. You can catch him on After Further Review coming up uh, tonight at 7 Eastern and, of course, on uh, Countdown to Kickoff and the postgame show as well. Okay, I think it was two weeks ago we talked about the potential matchup with uh, a team from a nearby state, uh, and you said this about the, the possibility of the matchup with Wyoming on BYU Sports Nation. Wyoming, really? Wyoming? People want to play Wyoming? That's like literally the last team I'd want to play. <laughs> Mostly because they travel all 12 of their fans down to San Diego, <laughs> and the, the entire state will be empty. And then I, I don't care if Wyoming's number one in the country, I would still not want to play them. Literally like the, the worst matchup ever. <laughs> Tell well, me how you really feel, Dave. Hey, well, David. Wyoming's matchup with Wyoming, listen, dog. Until you play twice in Laramie, then you can't really understand the full hatred you have against Wyoming <laughs> until you have beer pulled on, beer pulled on, wow, poured on your head, yeah, and you have people yelling all sorts of cities at you as you're walking out the field. Then you really can't fully understand the hatred you have for that team. But listen, 
It's a, it is what it is, and, and the fact is, Wyoming's actually a pretty good team. That's what you know. You you look at this Wyoming, is a different kind of Wyoming. It's not a sexy matchup when you look at the name of the program, uh, but you look at what they've done this year. They beat San Diego State. They beat Boise State. Um, both, both at home. Both at home. Yeah. So they, obviously they're a different team at home. Uh, ultimately, they lost their last game at home to yes. San Diego State again, which is always tough to be a team twice in the same year, um, as we saw against UCLA when they tried to beat us twice in the same year, beat them on the you know blocked field, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I, I would say that uh, it's it's not a it's not like I said. It's not a sexy matchup per se, but it, they are a great team, and they've got weapons, and uh, it'll be a team that they're always going to have their hands full with. But it's also one of those opponents where you're supposed to beat them, right? And so if you beat them, great, you end the season, fantastic, you know. Uh, but if you lose to them, then it's one of those man, it's a huge downer for the off season. So there's not a ton to gain here. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's one more extra bowl game uh, or game in a bowl game. And what I love about bowl games is you're usually the only team on television that day. Primetime it's television. It's the only game. It's yeah. the it's only, the only game. bowl game that day. Exactly, yeah. on the 21st. So you are – everyone in the country's watching. Most people are now pretty much off work, so they're able to sit around and watch the games. Um, so if anything, if you're not stoked about the matchup as a player – at least it's a chance for you to go out there and showcase your abilities and be able to show everyone else watching around the country. Well, we know that Tanner Mangum is going to be the quarterback. What do you think are realistic expectations for him? Because by the time that game will be played, he'll have basically a, a month of a practice where he is the guy. What's reasonable expectations for him in that? Well, one of the things I've been impressed with Tanner this year is when he has come in and mop-up duty um, you know, against Utah State and against uh, SUU, he came in and performed pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I think that Ty Demmer did a great job of, of structuring the offense around him and his abilities. I think you'll see the, the read option, the zone read stuff. That's going to be tossed out. We won't see much of that against uh, Wyoming. Although Tanner against UMass was trying to uh, be a runner. <laughs> he was trying to be a runner. <laughs> oh, he was at the second lean rusher, I think, that game. He, he ended up being yeah. uh, outrushed Taysom. But uh, <laughs> no, I think you'll see a, a kind of a different offense, which, which once again, this is huge. I mean, you have three weeks to prepare for, for Wyoming. Uh, but there are also three practices that you can really account towards an, almost another spring ball. Yeah. And so for these guys, and especially for, for Tanner and the rest of his offense, the guys will be returning next year, these are very valuable. And so I, I think Tanner comes in and plays well. And it'll be interesting to see how the offense, is he under center more? And what type of offense Ty rolls out for him to kind of uh, play to his abilities and to his strengths. So um, all in all, I, you know, if there's any silver lining in the Taysom injury, it's, it's this. It's the fact that Tanner gets in there and gets one solid game under his belt uh, heading into next year. I look at this bowl game as preparation for LSU, just like Portland State. I really do. It, and because this, the difference between 8 and 9 is not that much, um, but, but it would be significant to get to 9. And now you have uh, the bowl prep and whatnot. How was your bowl prep? Because you wanted to win those games, but it's also kind of weird, right? You have finals. Like, BYU hasn't really practiced post-Utah State until now. They've given them some time off, kind of rest up. Yeah, it's one of those times where the first week or so you usually have off to kind of get your body ready. And then it's weird because you start getting back in game mode, although your season's been done because you finished the last regular season game. But the seniors, you did your send-off at home. There was like some blankets. closure there. You got your blankets, yeah, yeah. So it's always kind of actually a weird emotion. Um, and then there's such a long draw that your first couple series in, a, in the bowl game are pretty tough because you have to adjust back to the full speed. I know Bronco used to try to make as many one-on-one opportunities during practice for us to go against the number one offense versus number one defense to simulate that. Uh, but it, it is tough. It's tough to get back in the mode. Uh, with that being said, after the first couple series, it's back playing football again, right? Um, so, I, you know, I, I'm excited for this team. I, I think this is obviously a great opportunity. More than anything, it's a great opportunity for them to end the year on a high note and send them into the offseason with the new quarterback, you know, with Tanner coming back, uh, with some confidence. And, and, and for them to kind of look back and refresh and, and kind of evaluate how this year went 
uh, and be able to look at it. Okay, we finished nine and four, pretty solid season, and use that confidence to build on during the off season with Tanner back at the helm and with some of these younger guys now stepping into big roles. Good stuff, David. We appreciate the time. We'll uh, check you out tonight on After Further View at 7 Eastern. Thanks, brother. Okay, got it. Thanks, guys. David Nixon loves him some uh, Wyoming Cowboys. <laughs> what are your way too early projections for the 2017 BYU football season? David just said he thinks 10 and 3 through the Blue Goggles. How about that? At Carter J92. 10 and 3. We could lose to LSU, Wisconsin, Boise State, Utah, or Mississippi State. I expect BYU to win two of those. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Round and your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jerem Jordan. He's Jason Shepard, live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation live, you can watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. How about some matinee hoops tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, baby. Uh, Women's basketball hosting Weber State at the Marriott Center. You can check it out on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. It's Kids Day. Yes. That's why it's early. And so there's uh, like 5,000 kids expected. But my question, isn't it Kids Day every day at BYU? <laughs> Is it not? I remember last year they were playing, uh, they played like a lot of Taylor Swift and like the entire... It's going crazy. They were, I mean, knew every word. I actually went out to half court before the game started and... So did like, dancing? No, and then I like got everybody like going and it was great. <laughs> you did? No, I really did, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was well, great. Did someone ask you to do that? No, no, no. You just no. Did it? I just literally went to the uh, to the center court yeah. and just started like pumping up, like I was the warm up act. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. Wow. Um, you know what I've speaking of that. You know what I felt the most powerful in my life when I had a free T shirt in front of a large audience. Oh. The the sway and influence that you have on that group is unbelievable. For like a five dollar T shirt, people lose their mind wow. for a free T shirt. I know. And and maybe justly so. Who knows? Hey, let's be honest though. We all do. Okay, <laughs> free stuff. Let's not let's not make it sound like we are immune to this. Yes. Okay. No, my mutant power is not getting excited <laughs> about a free T-shirt. <laughs> BYU will need some mutant powers in 2017 to go unscathed in that schedule. Our Twitter question: What are your way too early projections for the 2017 BYU football season? Portland State came out yesterday. Uh, 13th game on the schedule opening. So, what are your way too early projections? Let's go to the Twitter machine. At Nick Lee 51 Use the hashtag BYUSN. 10 and 3, finally beat Utah. Tanner Mangum approaches 4,000 yards passing, and BYU spends at least a month in the top 25. I like everything. I want all of those to happen. I, will, I want BYU to be ranked again, and not necessarily at the beginning. I would rather have it in the college football playoff rankings. BYU's not been in that the last three years. That would be nice. That would be you, nice. You're going to have to. Uh, you're going to have to go like four and three in those first seven, and then win out to get in. Which is exactly what I have them doing. What? So my Let's scenario see it play out. <laughs> so my scenario would actually <laughs> make that happen. There we go. Uh, at CL underscore living. Uh, way too early to care. <laughs> what? Except oh. all in caps. A win on 9-9 would make a good game. season. Yeah, just in case you're wondering who BYU plays that day. Mm-hmm. A win on 9-9 would make a good season no matter what the final record. Hashtag beat Utah. I wholeheartedly disagree with this idea. Why give Utah all the credit? No, yeah, exactly. This is I what, would be fine with 1-12 yeah, no. if, if BYU beat Utah. This what? is what they do. What? This is not what we do. Wait, that's a Utah State attitude. That's not even a Utah attitude. Come on! At Twiggier Stone, 10-3 and three looks very possible. We'll have to replace some key positions. That will determine how well the season goes. How quickly can BYU do that? And BYU needs a Wisconsin or an LSU to not be as good as we think. 
like Michigan State was this year. Michigan State stunk. So BYU went in there and took it to them. That's what you want. How about at Aerobic Gym? Very nice, by the way. Mm, Ten I, wins. I think Jim works out. <laughs> yes. Go two and three against LSU, Boise State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and U of U. It'd be nice to be on the high side of that. Now we're talking, right? Yes. Hey, coming up, Kyle Collinsworth gets it done in the D-League. Just how many stats did he put up? And when does BYU football first practice this week? It's on the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. The Cougars will practice Thursday for the first time since Utah State as they get ready for Wyoming in the bowl game in San Diego. Men's basketball. Cougars have lost three of four but look to bounce back tomorrow when they host Weber State, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's basketball. The ladies have won three of four and host Weber State as well tomorrow in an early game. That's 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch it on BYU TV and hear it on BYU Radio. Volleyball. The women's team is a 13th seed in the NCAA tournament. They play four, four seed Texas in Austin Friday in a Sweet 16 matchup at 4 Eastern on ESPNU. Cougars in the association. Kyle Collinsworth scored 12 points on 60% shooting last night as his Texas Legends won in the D-League. Collinsworth also grabbed seven rebounds and dished out three assists. Soccer. Can you be a legend at that point? According Texas to, legend. According to one ranking, top drawer soccer, the women's team finished ranked number 10 in the final rankings. And how about this? The BYU men's soccer team is the franchise of the year by the USL Premier Development League. That's pretty cool. And if you're not familiar with this, BYU is the only college team in a semi-pro league in soccer. They're not in the NCAA. Franchise of the year. Franchise of the year. Pretty good. Hey, future guests include Blaine Fowler, Uncle B, Spencer Linton, tomorrow live from the Marriott Center, getting ready for the women's basketball game there against Weber State. And Pete Meredith, softball legend. He's an assistant coach. For uh, BYU's Hall of Famer, he'll join us as well. Today's Rise to Chouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Kyle Collinsworth stuffing the stat sheet yet again. Yes, Mr. Triple-Double. It wasn't a triple-double, but... Uh, still waiting for that in the Flexing his muscles once again with the stats. He always is. Our Twitter question, what are your way-too-early projections for the 2017 BYU football season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At J underscore Royal 09. Win every game except against Wisconsin and Mississippi State. I like how half of our opponents are from the Mountain West. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Brute. <laughs> There's six, right? At Brute DR. Uh, 10 and 3. LSU, Utah, and Wisconsin are all losses. Boise State is a toss up. Everything else is easily winnable. Mm. We'll see about that. Mm. Our elite tweet of the day <laughs> comes from at J Tracy 2511. <laughs> Ban Jaden Shepard from BYU Sports Nation. No countdown till summer. Layson, not Jaden. <laughs> Stupid autocorrect. Jason. That's a that's a three tweet elite tweet of the day. Well Jason, done. there should be no problem. Autocorrect should have no issue with Jason, okay? <laughs> Thank you to our guest today, Steve Cleveland, Layson. David Nixon, Jayden. and everybody on the crew. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN, please. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Layson, I'm Jerem. <laughs> Jaden, Jason, stupid autocorrect. <laughs> Shout out to Jim Palmer. Hey, hard. Hey, BYU Sports Station's back at it at noon Eastern tomorrow. Peace.